Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to this podcast of the Doctrine and Covenants. This will be for section 28. Alrighty, I'm going to read you a couple things before we get into it. Uh, first of all, the historical background. This is uh, what's going on is that Hiram Page has received some revelations from a stone that he received, uh, and they were going contrary to what the church, uh, what Joseph Smith had been teaching. Uh, it's believed that the revelations that Hiram Page received were, were regarding the location of Zion. Shortly after this revelation was given, Hiram Page destroyed the pages that contained these revelations, so we don't have them today. Let me read you the heading. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet to Oliver Cowdery at Fayette, New York, September 30th or September 1830. Hiram Page, a member of the church, had a certain stone and professed to be receiving revelations by its aid concerning the upbuilding of Zion and the order of the church. Several members had been deceived by these claims, and even Oliver Cowdery was wrongly influenced thereby. Just prior to an appointed conference, the prophet inquired earnestly of the Lord concerning the matter, and this revelation followed. Joseph Smith said, To our great relief, or to our great grief, however, we soon found that Satan had been lying in wait to deceive and seeking whom he might devour. Brother Hiram Page had in his possession a certain stone by which he obtained certain revelations concerning the upbuilding of Zion, the order of the church, and so on, all of which were entirely at variance with the order of God's house as laid down in the New Testament, as well as in our late revelations. As a conference meeting had been appointed for the 26th day of September, I thought it wisdom not to do much more than to converse with the brethren on the subject until the conference should meet. Finding, however, that many, especially the Whitmer family and Oliver Cowdery, were believing much in the things set forth by this stone, we thought best to inquire of the Lord concerning so important a matter, and before conference convened, we received the following. It was understandable how this could have happened at this time in the church. Many of the early converts came from a congregationalist background, that is, from churches in which anyone had the right to proclaim doctrine if the rest of the congregation concurred. Thus, it seemed natural to them to respond to Hiram Page's revelation as valid. But as a result of this revelation, the saints in New York understood that only one could receive revelation from the Lord for the whole church. The new converts in Kirtland also had to learn this same lesson. Of these events, Newell Knight wrote in his journal, After arranging my affairs at home, I again set out for Fayette to attend our second conference, which had been appointed to be held at Father Whitmer's, where Joseph then resided. On my arrival, I found Brother Joseph in great distress of mind on account of Hiram Page, who had managed to get up some dissension of feeling among the brethren by giving revelations concerning the government of the church and other matters which he claimed to have received through the medium of a stone he possessed. He had quite a roll of papers full of those of these revelations, and many of the church were led astray by them. Even Oliver Cowdery and the Whitmer family had given heed to them. Although they were in contradiction to the New Testament and the revelations of these last days, Joseph was perplexed and scarcely knew how to meet this new ex- exigency situation. That night, I occupied the same room that he did, and the greater part of the night was, sent, was spent in prayer and supplication. After much labor with these brethren, they were convinced of their error and confessed the same, renouncing the revelations as not being of God, but acknowledging that Satan had conspired to overthrow their belief in the true plan of salvation. In consequence of these things, Joseph inquired of the Lord before conference commenced and received a revelation in which the Lord explicitly stated his mind and will concerning the receiving of revelation. 
Verse 1, Behold, I say unto thee, Oliver, that it shall be given unto thee that thou shalt be heard by the church in all things whatsoever thou shalt teach them by the Comforter concerning the revelations and commandments which I have given. It was Oliver Cowdery's right and responsibility as the second elder of the church to teach as directed by the Spirit. He was to teach those things revealed through Joseph Smith the prophet. It was not his right, however, to receive revelation for the church. The Lord's house is a house of order, and there can never be more than one man on earth at a time who can speak by way of revelation to the whole church. Teaching this principle, Joseph Smith said, I will inform you that it is contrary to the economy of God for any member of the church or anyone to receive instruction for those in authority higher than themselves. Therefore, you will see the impropriety of giving heed to them. But if any person have a vision or a visitation from a heavenly messenger, it must be for his own benefit and instruction. For the fundamental principles, government, and doctrine of the church are vested in the keys of the kingdom." This principle was an important clarification for many early members of the church who had come from a congregational background in which any member of the congregation could proclaim doctrine. Such misunderstanding led to an earlier error on the part of Oliver Cowdery. Verse 2, But behold, verily, verily, I say unto thee, no one shall be appointed to receive commandments and revelations in this church, excepting my servant Joseph Smith, Jr., for he receiveth them even as Moses. Both Moses and Joseph Smith were dispensation heads, and as such enjoyed an intimacy with God not known to many other prophets. Verse 3, And thou shalt be obedient unto the things which I shall give unto him, even as Aaron, to declare faithfully the commandments and the revelations with power and authority unto the church. In 1972, President Herbie Lee reminded the saints of these early events as he warned the church by quoting a statement of the first presidency given in 1913. From the days of Hiram Page, at different periods, there have been manifestations from delusive spirits to members of the church. When visions, dreams, tongues, prophecy, impressions, or an extraordinary gift or inspiration convey something out of harmony with the accepted revelations of the church or contrary to the decisions of its constituted authorities, Latter-day Saints may know that it is not of God, no matter how plausible it may appear. Also, they should understand that direction for the guidance of the church will come by revelation through the head. All faithful members are entitled to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for themselves, their families, and for those over whom they are appointed and ordained to preside. But anything at discord with that which comes from God through the head of the church is not to be received as authoritative or reliable. In secular as well as spiritual affairs, saints may receive divine guidance and revelation affecting themselves, but this does not convey authority to direct others. And it is not to be accepted when contrary to church covenants, doctrine, or discipline, or to known facts, demonstrated truths, or good common sense. No person has the right to induce his fellow members of the church to engage in speculations or take stock in ventures of any kind on the, speci- on the specious claim of divine revelation or vision or dream, especially when it is in, in opposition to the voice of recognized authority, local or general. The Lord's church is a house of order. It is not governed by individual gifts or manifestations, but by the order and power of the holy priesthood as sustained by the voice and vote of the church in its appointed conferences. Verse 4, And if thou art led at any time by the comforter to speak or teach, or at all times by the way of commandment unto the church, thou mayest do it. But thou shalt not write by way of commandment, but by wisdom. George Q. Cannon said, Oliver Cowdery received at the same time that the prophet Joseph did, the Aaronic priesthood. He afterwards received, in common with Joseph, the administration of those who held the keys of the apostleship in the flesh on the earth, that is, Peter, James, and John. 
They administered unto him at the same time that they administered unto Joseph upon the same occasion, and he became an apostle with Joseph, being the second apostle in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now it might be thought, a man thus favored, favored to receive the Aaronic priesthood, favored with the privilege of baptizing the prophet of God, I say that a man thus favored would have stood alongside of the prophet and been of equal authority in giving the word of God in writing unto the people. But no, God drew a distinction and plainly told Oliver Cowdery that that which he wrote to this church should not be by way of commandments to the church, but by wisdom. The Lord said to him what I just quoted in verse 4, it, is, it was only one man's privilege, one man's authority to stand preeminent in the earth at one time, holding the keys and giving the commandments of God, or rather the Lord giving his commandments through him in writing to the church. Verse 6, And thou shalt not command him who is at thy head and at the head of the church. Joseph Smith said, I will inform you that it is contrary to the economy of God for any member of the church or anyone to receive instructions for those in authority higher than themselves. Verse 7, For I have given him the keys of the mysteries and the revelations which are sealed. To hold the keys of the mysteries and revelations is to possess the right to turn the key that opens the heavens to us. In the theological sense, a mystery is something that can only be known by revelation. Sacred rituals are referred to as mysteries because participation in them also has the effect of unlocking the heavens to us, bringing an understanding that could not otherwise be had. And that was by Joseph Fielding McConkie. Until I shall appoint unto them another in his stead. As long as Joseph Smith was the presiding officer in the church, he alone could receive revelation for the church. If the prophet proved unworthy, the saints had the assurance that the Lord would call another in his stead. In accordance with the law, the Lord had established that only the presiding officer of the church can receive revelation for the church, the revelation announcing that at some time someone else would replace Joseph of necessity could come only through him. Verse 8, And now, behold, I say unto you that you shall go unto the Lamanites and preach my gospel unto them. Oliver is called as a missionary to teach the Lamanites. And inasmuch as they receive thy teachings, thou shalt cause my church to be established among them, and thou shalt have revelations, but write them not by way of commandment. And now, behold, I say unto you that it is not revealed, and no man knoweth where the city Zion shall be built, but it shall be given hereafter. Behold, I say unto you that it shall, not, that it shall be on the borders by the Lamanites." Through the revelation of Moses and Enoch received by Joseph Smith, the early saints learned that Zion was to be established again on the earth. It was only natural that the saints would inquire about its location. It is not improbable that some of the pseudo-revelations of Hiram Page related to this very very subject, the location of Zion. The saints were full of enthusiasm, looking for the immediate fulfillment of the prophecies. The Lord now made it known that the locality of the holy city had not yet been revealed, but that it might be looked for on the borders by the Lamanites. Further revelation on this subject would come later. Lamanites, Joseph Smith had reference to the Indians, and to go out to the borders by the Lamanites meant to go to the frontier. The natural way to travel would be by the most frequently traveled roads to, by, to the most populous area. Even at that, Independence was a town that was organized only about four years before the missionaries arrived. Verse 10, Thou shalt not leave this place until after the conference, and my servant Joseph shall be appointed to preside over the conference by the voice of it, and what he saith to thee shalt thou tell, thou shalt tell. And again, thou shalt take thy brother Hiram Page between him and thee alone, and tell him that those things which he hath written from that stone are not of me, and that Satan deceiveth him. A peep stone, appearing to be the one used by Hiram Page to receive his revelations, is now in the possession of the RLDS Church. It is a flat stone about seven inches long and four inches wide and one quarter inch thick. 
It is dark gray in color with waves of brown and purple. It also has a small hole drilled through, the, through one end so that it could be worn on a chain around Hiram's neck. There are revelations from God, revelations from man, revelations from Satan. Mortality is a place to learn which is which. Oliver was to correct Hiram privately. Verse 12. For behold, these things are, have not been appointed unto him, neither shall anything be appointed unto any in this church, contrary to the church covenants. The Articles and Covenants of the Church, Doctrine and Covenants sections 20 and 22, place Joseph Smith as the first or presiding elder of the church. As this revelation affirms, it would be for him and him alone to receive revelations for the church. Thus, the revelation concerning the location of the New Jerusalem of necessity had to come through Joseph. And that was by Joseph Fielding McConkie. Verse 13, For all things must be done in order and by common consent in the church by the prayer of faith. George Q. Cannon said, God gave revelations unto this church in exceeding great plainness, and there was one principle that was emphatically dwelt on and enforced, namely that there was but one channel, one channel alone, through which the word of God and the commandments of God should come to this people. The word of God was not to come from the people up. It was not vox populi, uh, but it was vox dei, which means uh, voice of God. That is the voice of God and then the voice of the people from God downward through the channel that he should appoint by the means that he should institute. That word should come to the people and when obeyed by the people would bring the union and love and the strength consequent upon union and love. And this has been the peculiarity and the excellence of this work of God thus far in the earth. Its excellence has, constitute, has consisted in this, its power, its glory, the glory that, he, that we have as a people, the glory that belongs to the church of God consists in this particular feature, that the word of God to us comes from God and not from the people. It is received by the people, accepted by the people, submitted to by the people, and thus has produced the union and the love, as I have said, that have characterized the word thus far in its progress in the earth. Verse 14, And thou shalt assist to settle all these things, according to the covenant of the covenants of the church there before thou shalt take thy journey among the lamanites and it shall be given thee from them or from time from the time thou shalt go until the time thou shalt return what thou shalt do and thou must open thy mouth at all times declaring my gospel with the sound of rejoicing amen the Lamanite mission was a very important movement of the young but vigorous church. Oliver Cowdery was the first appointed member of the party. Peter Whitmer Jr. was added by revelation, and then Parley P. Pratt and Ziba Peterson. Soon after the conference, the little party set out on the perilous journey of about 1,500 miles. They started on foot, trusting in the Lord to open the way. Near Buffalo, they visited the Cataraugus Indians and left the Book of Mormon with them. Then they proceeded to Kirtland, Ohio. Here they visited Sidney Rigdon, then a popular Campbellite minister. He and some of his friends joined the church. Night and day for some time, the missionaries were teaching the people in Kirtland and vicinity. After having ordained Rigdon, Isaac Morley, John Murdoch, Lyman White, and others to the ministry, the missionaries left for the West. Near Sandusky, they visited the Wyandotte tribe and preached the gospel. In Cincinnati and St. Louis, they met with very little success. At the latter place, their progress was impeded by heavy snowstorms. With the opening of the new year, 1831, they continued their journey, traveling on foot 300 miles over prairies without shelter and fire, living on frozen corn, bread, and raw pork. At length, they reached Independence, Missouri, on the extreme western frontier of the state. They had traveled four months and suffered untold hardships. They had preached to two Indian nations and to thousands of white people and organized several strong branches of the church. 
After having rested a little at Independence, three of the brethren crossed the frontier and visited the Shawnee Indians. Then they went among the Delawares. These manifested a great deal of interest in the Book of Mormon. Therefore, the jealousy of ministers was aroused, and these prevailed upon the Indian agents to expel the missionaries from the Indian country. They accordingly returned to Jackson County, where they labored for some time with encouraging success. I bear testimony of the truth of these things, that the gospel is true, and that uh, that we need to make sure that we're following the, lead, the living prophet and not uh, getting our revelations from some other source. I bear that testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. See you next time. Bye.